for your Bible time, that, that that's a process that you enjoy, that you feel increasingly confident that I, that I had breakfast or that I had dinner, if you're a nighttime Bible reader, and not more, I had confusion. Okay, so we want you to be able to think the big main things about God and about our relationship with him. And so, word willing, this is a kind of a process that is being helpful to you. If there are other things that we can do to be helpful, um, um, I would like to be an approachable person. And so if I'm not, please, you can tell me that too. But I would love to have you ask any questions. And you're like, well, Isaiah, I'm, I'm trying these things, but this is still not working out. Um, then, then I would love to know that. Or if you ever come to a certain passage, you're like, okay, so you're telling me? I'm like, I, I'm, I'm like reading it, and I've got some suspense going into it, and I'm looking for the vibe, and I'm trying to interpret it, and it, it didn't do anything. Okay, well, tell me or Pastor Joshua what the passage is, and we would love to, to process that, that with you. And w there are occasionally ones you're like, well, I can kind of see why that was challenging, and uh, or maybe a lot, right? <laughs> so, so I would love to walk through that with you. So if we can be of service to you as you pursue enjoying God's Word, because you, you don't get any, any I'm going to say this, you don't, I mean, we're, we're not... Um, we do have that attendance sheet, so you guys can go, and I'll send out that, 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 that link again. You guys can go in and mark your attendance, and that's of some benefit to me, but, but, but we're not having a gold star chart. So it's not just about being here. It's not just about osmosis. It's really about learning a skill. It's about growing. It's about being equipped. And so we want you to be able to put into practice uh, what you're doing here and to be of service to you in any way that we can. Um, so a couple kind of housekeeping notes before we go further. Uh, the next one is that we will not have class next Saturday morning. Next Saturday, because we don't ever meet on Saturday morning. Next Sunday morning at 9, uh, because we're having church-wide prayer. So that doesn't mean, oh, I'm going to stay home. It means come and pray. And, uh, and if you come here before 9 and don't see the chair circled up, you can help circle the chairs because there's a high chance I'm going, I'm going to forget that. And a lot of you are going to be more responsible with that detail than I am. So, um, um, so please, everyone come and, and pray. This is really our one time a month besides this, the, the, the morning where we're led in corporate prayer where we all get to pray with one another. So please come next Sunday at 9 and then we'll have a week to finish our series, hypothetically, we'll see. And then the week after that is our church family meeting. And so that's going to be an exciting time for, 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 for you to hear from the elders. What are we excited about? How do we see God working? And what are we praying that, 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 that God is doing? So it's going to be a great time. We'll probably be announcing more about that. After that, so I think we're all the way into like May 22nd, I've got this idea it's going to take a little work on all of your part. Um, many of you are doing various kind of like summer ministries. And, um, you know, like half the church is going to South Africa, which is not really true. But there's a lot of the church going to South Africa or to Alaska or to Alaska or to Czech Republic. Not really so many going to Czech Republic. But there's people going to the Czech Republic. And then... Um, 
just like days after Roots Retreat, we have VBS. So we're going to do a lot of neat summer ministry uh, together. So as we are looking out, and that's only just a portion because we're all, by God's grace, doing this in our lives, is we want to cultivate um, our ability to sit down with someone and be able to tell them in about four or five minutes what the story of the Bible is. Okay, and so that's going to be really exciting. You you could call this an evangelism class, and that's and that's part of it. And we're going to be, be be thinking about evangelism. I think there's going to be some loving people kind of built in there. There's going to be some overcoming some of the hindrances we have towards evangelism. But really, it's going to be helping you all just feel really comfortable, so that when God gives you that that kind of that great opportunity, you're sitting down with with someone, you're 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 maybe having coffee, you're sitting at lunch and you're hearing someone and they're telling you about their spiritual beliefs and you're listening to them and asking some questions and then you say, hey, hey you know, we've been talking. Uh, can, can, can I just share with you real quickly what the story of the Bible is? And so if that sounds appealing to you, I want you to, to, to sign up for this class. I need you to sign up because there's a resource we're going to buy. There will be a little bit more homework, but you can all do this. And, uh, and I, I said homework, so I don't want you to get afraid of it. Uh, it's just a little at-home work, okay? And, uh, and so I think it is going to be beneficial. It's just a little bit different, though, because instead of a fairly uh, uh, inexpensive resource we can pass out, we're just going to need to actually like, put in a uh, order. So you can start thinking now, do I want to do that in preparation for some of the summer ministry? And most of you are going to be able to finish it. Like, like Lord willing, before any trips launch. So, and if not, you know that Jesus rose from the dead. So you've got that, that, that last part covered. Okay, well, we'll try to promo that, that, that more. And now we're using valuable time. Any questions? Any questions about anything? Okay, well, I'm going to pray and then we'll get started. Uh, Father, I thank you so much for these um, uh, dear saints, Lord, for those that you have rescued from darkness and brought into the kingdom of your beloved Son. I'm going to, by your grace and of no, and nothing to do with me, spend eternity with them, knowing you and seeing you. And yet, Lord, now is this time where we get to show your, your, your worth and your value by getting into your word and begging for you to open our eyes so that we can see you and all of your wonder and your glory and in truth, and we can delight in your commandments to us, Lord. Uh, please, Father, this is a supernatural work, Lord. Um, I, I wasn't born delighting in your commandments, and there's so much in me that, all, that, that still um, is begrudging obedience, Lord. We want our hearts more conformed and more eager and have more appetite uh, to taste and see how good you are and to love your law. Uh, please, Father, help us to become better readers of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, all, if uh, you um, have been looking at your Bible there and you've turned to Psalm 119, um, is there a favorite verse that you looked at? Uh, I kind of challenged you to look at Psalm 119, verses 65 uh, to 80 in the past couple weeks. Did, I mean, or in the past week, did anyone find a favorite verse? So, like, I appreciated that verse. I'm going to keep doing this because Psalm 119, if you want to cultivate your desire for God's word, there's just, I mean, like, 
this is it. Like, this is like ground zero for cultivating a desire for God's word. So was, was there one that popped out to, to anyone? Yes, up there. Hi, Leslie. You know, if you come down here, it's okay. No one bites, and I can see you. Okay, go ahead. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, 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 for sharing. Not just why you like the verse, but there's testimony there, right? So as we go through, through afflictions to be thankful and, uh, and your testimony that we learn God's statues when we're like, what's going on in this world? Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank, thanks for sharing. Is there one more that uh, popped to anyone? Yeah, if, if, if we can say that verse meaningfully, that's just a really sweet spot in our growth. Okay. Okay. Well, the window of uh, opportunity, it is past. Those verses kind, kind, kind of, I, I would just love uh, on my morning walk, I'm like, on my smartphone, I've got them open. That is just a really, really good way to start the day. It's just kind of thinking about even one of those as you're walking. And most of them have a little mystery there. Like, like, like oh, afflicted, and now I'm thanking God. I learned statues because of affliction, and they just get you thinking. So, so, so thank you so much for sharing. Um, we're going to turn our attention to uh, uh, chapter 7 and 8 uh, of, of Before You Open Your Bible. It is a very useful little resource about the attitudes that we go to reading, reading God's Word. Um, if anyone doesn't have a copy, please let me know because we have more. Or if you're tired of sharing with your spouse and you would say, wow, I think I'm ready for my own copy because I can't read all that scribbling, then, 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 then please, we have plenty. And the same thing goes for teens. We're going to look at uh, uh, chapter 7 and 8. The first uh, chapter is to go to your Bible expectantly. And, and did anyone highlight a quote from this chapter that they would like to share or maybe a way that they were challenged or um, a response to it? Going expectantly. Yeah, Joshua.
Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah, great. Thank you. And that uh, uh, last uh, uh, verse there in Romans 15, 4, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught us in Scripture and the encouragement they, they, they provide, we might have hope. Like what a cool expectation to bring to our Bible reading. I'm going to get endurance from this. I'm going to get encouragement from this. I'm going to get hope from this. Like they were written so that we would have those things. Okay, great. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Josh. So go expectantly. This is God's tool to save people, and it's God's tool to transform people. So, um, you know, again, we might have an individual day. They're like, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you. That wasn't everything I was kind of hoping for. But over the week, right, we are going to be being, 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 being transformed. And once again, I've said it in, in in the past. If you ever come to that Bible time, you're like, I don't know what to do with this. I'm trying what Pastor Isaiah is talking about, what Pastor Joshua's te- 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 teaching on Thursday morning. That was not, I don't know what I should do with this chapter. You can always flip to the, uh, the, 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 the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, and you're going to have a great quiet time. Or you can switch to your favorite psalm, Psalm 23, and you're going to be deeply blessed. So if it's about meeting with God, even if you have a, a, a portion that's a little bit more challenging, you can always eat, right? So you're kind of like, you make a meal for yourself. You're like, I'm not sure I like this meal. Well, be humble. It's God's word. It's good. The problem is with us being finite, fallen creatures. And then you're like, I'm going to go and grab some Greek yogurt because it's full of protein. Right? So grab something else from the cupboard of God's word that you know you are going to, to, to be refreshed by. Don't be like, well, I guess I'm done. Okay? So um, next, now uh, chapter 8. And, and so he encourages approaching our Bible com, 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 communally. Um, any uh, things stand out to you about this chapter or any questions? I'm going to say questions there because I do have some questions, but the basic idea of of you reading God's word with other people is awesome. So uh, I've been super blessed by uh, uh, Ben uh, Liao and his example of just um, reaching out to, to someone and saying, hey, do, do, do you just want to like, and I think it's like, like, like meet once a week for six weeks or eight weeks on Zoom dur- during lunch break and read scripture. And that's such a neat example. Just read God's word together. Uh, Jeremy gave gave me a book called, uh, it's, it's by Paul Helm, called One-on-One Bible Reading, right? Is the basic title, Jeremy? Yeah, well, it was a cool book, and so thank you. And I think it's called One-on-One Bible Reading, and it's just a little primer on how you can read God's Word in a beneficial way with someone. It's a real small book. I'm sure it doesn't cost like, like, like five or six bucks. There are some neat little uh, 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 kind of like, like, like you could read and mark these little symbols. And if that's too simple, you could read, and here's this CODA, I think. And so some really simple helps if you just want to read the Bible with someone, not promising that, that, you, have, that, that you have all the answers for them, but you, being a Christian, want to meet with another Christian. Uh, it's a, a neat little tool. Um, I did kind of want to, and you know, I 
think that, that and, 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 and you all know how, how much I enjoyed this, a book, um, but, but I think he probably goes a little too far when he talks about how essential it is uh, to read God's word with people who are different from us, although that's not a problem. Reading God's word with people who are different from you can be very valuable. Like, like, like if I were just to take this little pot of people right here and we were to all read God's word together, that's going to be awesome. Some of you grew up in different countries, and you have different backgrounds. And so, you know, we're going to be, be, I mean, we have different experiences. But as far as interpreting God's word, uh, you could take a lot of people who are a lot like me, and I guess I think it means looks like me, although we're all going to be different kinds of people, and we don't need diversity to interpret Okay, we don't need diversity to interpret. Uh, the Bible was given to Jews for a long, 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 long time, and they were able to, to, to interpret scriptures. So, 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 and I don't know if it's on your second page of, of the chapter I've got on, on Kindle. You know, it's, it's imperative, therefore, he says, that we approach scripture alongside others in the context of a diverse community. Otherwise, our expectations will limit us, our preferences will govern us, our biases will blind us. Well, I think some of that could happen. I mean, your expectations can blind you. It's, you know, like, like Pastor Joshua has talked so many times about coming from South Africa and different cultures and, 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 and how you see things differently. So, yeah, so some of that's true. But is it imperative? I think if it's imperative, God would say, well, you've got to get together with different people or you're not going to be able to interpret my word well. And that's not what he says. Um, um, he, he, he says we desperately need, need other Christians, ideally those who are different from us, to function in our lives as both barrier setters and barrier removers, simultaneously keeping us from reading wrongly and freeing us to read wisely. Well, if in your group you're, you're, you're meeting with a lot of people who are not very experienced at reading scripture, that, that may not be a benefit. So lots of benefit in meeting with one another. I just think he makes the case kind of too strongly when it comes to, to, to interpreting that you need a diversity of voices to interpret God's word well. At the same time, I, I can really value a diversity of voices, but it's more because of the wisdom that they're taking to God's word. Like, I love whether it's a guy from the 1600s or a guy from the 1800s or wherever they went to seminary, really, if they're handling well God's word, diversity of voices can be beneficial. I just think he overstates it. Any questions about that? Okay. Um, um, but really, so far, I've so enjoyed the book that, that I just wanted to kind of be cautious if some of you were like, I am really kind of confused about that. So, but we've got so many other good things to be learning. So let's uh, uh, look at more principles, and we're going to try to do our, re our review portion quickly because we're running out of weeks, and that's all my fault. So um, we've talked again and again about what our expectations are when we go to God's word. So hopefully we're kind of getting over this, that I'm going to kind of get a certain feeling from it, and more like I'm going to learn who God is. I'm going to learn what God requires of me. I'm going to, to, to learn about my relationship with God. I'm going to learn, learn how, to, how, how much I need Christ. And so if that's what you bring to God's word, I think most days, all days, I think you're going to get that. You're going to get a big view of God a small view of us because of sin. We're going to learn how much we need a Savior. Um, we've been learning to read some of just the natural way. We, we, and, and, and Pastor Joshua even reminded us with the Joseph story. That Joseph story has, 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 has suspense built in. 
you know, so that when we go to it to read and, you know, you're kind of wondering if I put myself in the place of the original readers, is this the promised seed? Is this the descendant of Abraham through which the nations are going to be blessed? And you're reading about Joseph and you're like, he's in prison. How did this happen? And what's going to happen next? And what is the purpose of this? And then you're like, wait, this is, he's not even of the, he's not even a, of the uh, tribe of Judah, but you don't even learn that till Till, till, till later. So just tolerance as you read and trying to be excited. And so, yeah, you might, you might go to Leviticus thinking, I know what this is going to be like. It's going to be hard. But to go with some suspense and, 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 and like, wow, this is so bloody and different. That's, that's good. So, so be tolerant. So learn to feel. We've talked about what is the, 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 the vibe of the text, and we were learning to, to interpret last time, which I know is kind of saying a law, and it's just a, a, a quick overview of learning to interpret. And I think I wanted to, uh, uh, let's see here. Learning to, to, to interpret is just a, a, a good reminder that, 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 not all, that not all interpretations are valid. Uh, we talked about uh, we really want to begin with what the author is saying to those the author is writing to. So we want as much as possible to put ourselves really in that place of if we're reading the, the first five books of the Old Testament. Perhaps we are on the plains of Moab and we're waiting to go into the promised land after seeing all of our parents die in the wilderness for their sin. Maybe it's the first time that, 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 that Moses unwinds the scroll and we're gonna, we, we want to know what is he saying to them, right? And then we also, though, know that although God is, is, it is written not to us, but it is written for us. And we just talked about the written for our endurance and encouragement and, and our hope. Um, we've talked about this again and again. The main things are the plain things. The plain things are the main things. Again, quoting Pastor Joshua, but also Gary Miller, who wrote, read this first. Um, but the author emphasizes what he wants to make obvious. So as we interpret, we want to say, what is the main thing? What stands out to me? Well, like, what is obvious here? And we talked about some, some, some cultivating some skills towards that. And really, uh, we could do this differently with different kinds of, 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 of genres. We've talked about that, that there are letters, there are speeches, there are songs, there's wisdom literature, there's narratives, there's gospel. Uh, we, we, we spent a little time with, with some narratives, with some history, with the story of Joseph and, and with the story of uh, kind of that Herod sandwich with, 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 with the story of Peter escaping from, from prison in uh, the middle. We looked at some questions like, like, how does the passage begin and end, which is particularly useful with narrative at times. Um, but, but you can also see, even in a psalm, they almost always end with a big view of God, begin with a big view of God, and end with a big view of God. And in the middle, you're like, there's going to be some, some, some drama. And sometimes it is low, and sometimes it is just all thrilling. Um, but, uh, and that's how listening to, to, to the vibe can help us with. So how does the passage begin and end? Um, second question we talked about is where's the writer's focus? Is he, is he repeating words? Is he emphasizing things? Kind of, kind of like, what, does, what is the main thing here? And so some of that is, I think, some common sense. It can be work. It can be a phone a friend. And just trying to figure out, like, like what is the middle? Like, what's the focus? And, uh, and then how does this passage fit in in, in, in the flow of, of the big story? So those are just 
a couple of the skills of the skills, but we want to make sure that we're sticking to the Bible means what God meant it to mean. And the closer you are to saying this is what God meant it to mean, like that is good Bible reading. Now, that doesn't mean always that we've got it right, but you working hard towards this is what God meant this to mean. We can do that in a humble way, in a dependent way, in a prayerful way, but that is what we're going for, is what did God mean it to mean? And now we're going to talk some, and we'll talk more uh, next time, I guess now, at the second half of this, uh, um, about what do we do with that, and then we'll, 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 we'll talk about application more. But let's talk now about listening to context. Okay, so, so, so context, and just is... Um, context is um, like like what is going on. Now you you've got immediate context. Like that verse is surrounded by other verses, and the verses are part of a book, and that book is part of, is part of either the old the old or the New Testament. But we're kind of more thinking uh, bigger here, and so. Um, we want to figure out what the words meant back then before we can figure out what they mean to us. And the way that we're going to do that is through context. Now, context, knowing what the words mean back then, it doesn't require time travel, which is good because we can't do that. Uh, God wrote to normal humans, right? He wrote to normal humans, on-the-ground humans, as I think Joshua said, said about getting your, your feet in, in the sand. There's this uh, uh, preacher... That, that said, before, before we can know, uh, oh yeah, I can't even get it right. So, so we want, though, to know what it meant to those normal humans then. People just like you and me, been Jews, right? Or in the Gentile church, Gentiles and Jews, hearing this for the first time, right? What did it mean? But, um, so we wanted to figure out what God wrote to normal humans, at the same time, knowing that it is written for normal humans now. It's not, uh, in a sense, while we're talking about this being a supernatural process, God knows that you are finite, limited people. That's so cool. He knew that you were going to be reading his word 2,000 years later or 3,400 years later. He has you in his mind when he wrote this, right? Because he's, he's infinite. That's so cool. Okay, so we do have to do kind of a little kind of time travel. And so much of this, is it really does come down to, to the humility we bring to the text. We want to go to God's word humble, remembering this was written for people a long time ago. It was written for us. It was written to people a, a, a long time ago, and things are going to be different. So um, Miller, in his book, talks about three kinds of con- context. And there's the local context. And I think that most of us kind of assume this. Um, um, he, he's writing to people that have their own unique culture. Each time and place has, has a culture of their own. And so when we read, a lot of what we do is we try to figure out what is that, that local context. Because sometimes people do things that are really different. Like, uh, like sacrifices are really different. Or if you're coming on Thursday morning, I'm going to keep plugging it, and we're working on putting that into a, a, a podcast too, 
it, if you're listening, you're going to learn about, like, I don't think I've mentioned it here, but he, uh, uh, Moses, in writing Exodus, talks about meat pots, and it's kind of funny. You know, like, ah, meat pots. Okay, well, that's something. Uh, or there's this funny line where, where he mentions Omer uh, again and again, which is a measuring, Omer, Omer, Omer. And then at the end of the chapter, he says, uh, and Omer is a tenth part uh, of an ephah. Oh, thanks, Moses, right? So we just kind of like bring with that a little kind of, a kind of humility. The context is, is going to be different. You're, 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 you're going to um, have cultural differences that are going to stand out. There's going to be historical differences. There's going to be, be, be place names. You are kind of parachuting into a world 3,400 years ago. And sometimes 3,400 years ago, right, when, when, when Moses wrote 1,400, and then, and then even going back, Another thousand years. Okay, so you're going to be parachuted into some very different things. If I parachute you into any number of countries now, you'd be like, oh, I'm going to have to be kind of patient here because there's a lot of weird things going on. This is really different. Isn't my way superior? No, you would never do that, right? So you just have some, or at least hope not, you have some patience. So um, uh, a Bible, uh, a study Bible can help with a lot of that local context, right? So, so when you're reading Ruth and someone is like taking off a sandal to give to someone else, you're like, okay then. Um, a study Bible is going to help a lot with that. Uh, we, we live in an, in an age where, where Google can help a lot with that. You can just listen and ask questions. You can probably come up with a lot of craziness, but you can probably Google and say, why did he take off his sandal, you know? And, uh, and you can probably come up, I'm guessing, with an okay answer. So Google is pretty useful for some of that local context. There's also uh, 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 some, some, some historical context. And there's a whole lot of different ways to be thinking about this. It's just uh, getting to know what the flow of the Bible is, right? What the flow of the Bible is. Um, Pastor Joshua in April, May of 21, so that's last year. It feels longer ago. Um, is is uh, a series, Was It Not Necessary?, Okay. So if you didn't uh, listen to that series, go back. I think it's six or seven messages. A lot of it is just kind of like, like getting us ready for Luke. And I think a lot of it's walking through the big history and through covenants, right? So, so if you want to know more about the historical context of Scripture, then that series is a really beneficial way to do that because, because you want to be able to, to say, I know some major things happened in Scripture, and um, Miller kind, 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 kind of breaks things up as a pre-fall cre- creation, excuse me. And so before the fall in Genesis 3, man's made. And then you've got the fall, and that's going to kind of show how bad everything is. Um, you're going to get God bringing covenants. He gives one to, to Noah, but Abraham's a huge one in Genesis 12. And then you're going to see how God is building a people for himself. And that people for himself is kind of the main story through, um, let's see, that'd be Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, right? And that is before, and Ruth too, before there is any king given. And so it's going to be about God's people for himself getting the land that God had promised them. And, 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 and so whether you, you just kind of want to get these, 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 broad, these broad overflows, then there's this period of kings where, where the people wanted a king and God gave them a king. It becomes really important uh, because uh, David's ancestor becomes part of God's promise for, 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 for the coming Messiah. And a whole lot of the Bible takes place during these kingdoms like 
First and Second Kings. Uh, but First and Second Samuel, First and Second Chronicles is another retelling of the story. A whole lot of the prophets, I think, is it all the prophets? I think all the prophets are, 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 are almost all are, are, are taking place during this time of kings. Um, so you kind of begin with creation, fall, this kind of t- time of God making a people for himself in Israel, this time of these of, 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 of kingdoms. It's, it's, it's still a story uh, of a Israel, of Israel's exile. And, and, uh, and so that's another major turning point when, when, when Israel disobeys God at the end of the time of kings, both the end of 2 Kings, the end of 2 Chronicles, and they are going into, into exile. Uh, the prophets warned about that. There's a lot of prophets that are spoken to them during that time. Um, and then they, 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 they return from exile, which, which is Ezra and Nehemiah. And, uh, and we can see that this is not everything that, that, that they were hoping for, that God hasn't fulfilled his promises yet in the way that everyone was, was expecting, although he told them that, 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 that too. So after that, the next big thing is Jesus and the, and, and the uh, Gospels tell the story of Jesus's uh, ministry and his death and resurrection until we get into this kind of current church age. And that's where, where, where we have in Acts the story of the spread of the church and then, and then letters written to the churches. Now, some of that you may, you may already know, um, but if you know that, that's a gift, okay? So, 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 so don't take that for granted. If you could basically sit down with someone and flip through your Bible and some stuff is kind of out of order, but you're like, well, I know what happens in, in Genesis and Exodus and, and, and Joshua and Judges. I, I kind of know they got the land and then they were really horrible to one another and, to, and, and left God. And then God brings a king in Samuel. You can talk through that. Like that's such, such a great part of, of, uh, of knowing what God's words means. So, it, so um, whether... Um, Yes, so I think the Pastor Joshua series, if that's something that you couldn't talk someone through, it's a great five or six hour investment to say, this is going to help me with a lifetime of Bible reading. So that you can open up a book, maybe with a little study Bible's help, and say, oh, it's in the reign of this king. Ah, I get it. It is the time of kings. Okay? Um, Any questions about that, or maybe, and I'm talking a lot, and this is not very back and forth. So there's local context stuff, and then there's a historical context. How does this book fit into the big, well, we haven't really talked about the big, big story, but kind of like, like, like in this historical flow, the historical context. Any questions so far? I, I don't know if I went through that too quickly to be useful. Um, Pastor Joshua's series does it longer. Any questions? Joshua, do you get anything useful to add? Uh, because I know, you, like, like you do this, so yeah. yeah. I do love this so much. Yeah. Um, I just wrote down a couple things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah please. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. And so we forget things and we assume that we know stuff that we don't know. And so some of the best um, insights often come from 
Yeah. So try to be careful to not think. That's really good. That That's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. So, 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 so much of that, and we're going to have to have you for, 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 for one of these. I mean, but like, like so much of that, it, 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 is, it is going to God's word humble, right? And then with the realization that this is old and different, and it's supernatural, right? So, 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 so to be able to, and, and, it's, and it's that sense of wonder a little bit, but also doubting, <laughs> yourself a little bit so that when you read something that is shocking, it's okay to be shocked. It's okay to ask questions. Um, You don't have to bring an interpretation before you read it. Yeah, oh, it's, uh, it's good. Uh, and uh, Will asked me to repeat that, but I, I'm just, I just really can't. So we need to get a, a, a handless mic going. Um, yes, Hugo. Okay. Yeah. So. So. And. And. And a lot of those. Those. Those curious things. It can be the local context, right? Um, and sometimes the, there are there are those theological things that are just shocking. You're like, did God really just say that? And uh, yeah. So. So it's. It is so weird what we do with all this time between us that we can just wash away the shocking, kind of. You know, you're like, well, God, God said a long time ago. But, like, but, but it was shocked them, too. Or they had confusing moments. Like, did that just happen? And, uh, um, yeah, so, right, I, it's, it's weird. We don't really want to read the Bible again for the first time each time. But we kind of do. <laughs> Right to both do that and not do that to to, to bring with it that the, the sense of like like that wow this is different and surprising I don't ha- have all the answers and uh, boy yeah there's there so when we read something new to be like and yet and yet balancing how does that fit in with the whole and 
Well, um, we're going to have to have a, 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 a Q&A afterwards or just, uh, or just conversation. So, um, so as we talk about context, um, there, there's kind of also a bigger biblical context, right? And, and some of this is that God has a whole big story, and that's what we're going to kind of try to talk about at our next Equipping Hour series and how you can communicate to someone that story quickly. But God has a big story. And this is kind of, and whether it's called biblical context and, 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 and it's fine, but it's how, how the part we're, we're reading fits into the flow of the whole story of the Bible and shows us Jesus, right? Uh, and, and, and so how does this part fit in? Because there is a, a consistent message. Now, not every part of the Bible is specifically about Jesus. But every part of the Bible has some kind of relation to the big story and ultimately to Jesus. So, 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 so Spurgeon said, uh, from every text of scripture, there's a road to Christ. From every text of scripture, there's a road to Christ. And my dear brother, your business is when you get to a text, say, now what is the road to Christ? And that doesn't mean I saw a boat, so that must be Christ, or I saw a rock, so that must be Christ, and hopefully not I saw a serpent, you know what I mean? So, so, so we just have to kind of have some caution how we do this. But Scripture is so, like, God is going to glorify Christ as the end of all things. All things are in the process now of being summed up in Christ. God the Father wants to glorify himself by exalting Christ for our hearts to be so seeing God the Father in his Son that everything is like all the streams of history really are going to bring, go into one giant river of attention toward Christ. So that's where everything is going. So as we read God's word. Uh, we know the Bible is about you having a relationship with God. We know that uh, God's word is about you having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And so there's all these themes in scripture that lead so easily to Christ. And that can help us with our, a lot of our Bible reading. Themes, things like kings, which is a lot of scripture, kingdoms, sin, sacrifice, holiness, Priests, mediators, saviors, salvation, God's presence, the temple or the tabernacle, God's law, judgment, the necessity of heart change, repentance. Um, I just gave those quickly there. So many themes like that are going to pop out. I mean, I can't say it's almost hard to think of a text that doesn't have, have one of those, but I think that probably most of them do. Right? So, yes, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm reading Isaiah, and he just blasted the people for a lot of sin. Well, why is he blasting them for a lot of sin? So that they feel the need of repentance, ultimately so that they're going to see they need a Savior, so that they long for the promised one, you know, for us to be on the other side of the cross, I don't want to, like, like, like we do need to kind of let the story unfold when we're reading Isaiah for the first time, to be like, it, it, so we're not imagining we don't know Jesus, but we don't have to automatically say, I see Jesus, I see Jesus, right? Um, um, like, 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 let the story keep you 
And you're like, wow, Babylon's coming, and how can Babylon come? Because Babylon's so wicked, or Assyria's coming, and Assyria's so, so wicked. Um, but as we see all this, like, judgment so, so horrible, and I think you're going to feel, I need, I need a Savior. And so to, 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 to not forget, so we don't have to go backwards and read as we're not Christians, right? We know God's answer is in Christ. So that doesn't mean we have to turn everything and say, this equals Christ, but I think that we can say, this is about Christ ultimately. Joshua, do you think we can say that? Yeah, okay, yeah. This is about Christ ultimately. And, and, and so as, as, you, as you can pick out, like, and it's not even pick out, because it's not like, 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 like a little thread. It's kind of more like a water hose. And here, here I'm, I'm going to pick up this water hose because it's big, right? And sin. And where am I going to follow this water hose to? I'm going to follow it to Christ. Or the, this other big theme of kings. I'm going to bring, I'm going to follow that to Christ. Because that's where the attention has been prepping the Jewish people and now us for thousands of years to Christ. That's where our attention is going to be for eternity to the glory of, 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 of God the Father. So what is the biblical context? The biblical context is that all things are being summed up in Christ. So, 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 have, so have suspense while reading, but not necessarily after. So this is funny. I think my six-part series may have just become a seven-part series. I don't know. We can't do that, though, because, because I wanted to prep everyone before mission trips. I don't know. So we'll try to go a little bit further. I think we're not going to do this practice here, which makes me sad. But, but, but a great little practice text for you is Psalm 72. Okay, so Psalm 70, 72, just practice that in this upcoming week. Psalm 72, you'll see at the top, it's a song of Solomon. You know that that is, then puts you right into the time of the kings, king, son of David. You're going to start seeing some need for some local context. And as you read through Psalm 72, there's, there's some local context stuff there. Like Solomon, like who is this guy? Uh, and then it's kind of cool at the end of it, you're like, thus ends the Psalms of David, which is kind of interesting. So it's really intentionally placed there. And there's, there's, there's local context, and then there's historical context. So I know, I know that this takes place in the time of the kings. But there's some biblical context that will kind of like slap you in the face. You're like, see, whoa, Solomon's praying for Jesus. I just kind of spoiled it. But, uh, uh, but try that with, with, with Psalm 72. Now I need to keep going forward for other things. So you can go ahead and stand and stretch if you need to. But we're going to talk about some, some mistakes to avoid and some principles to practice. Some mistakes to avoid and principles to practice. And I owe uh, uh, Gary Miller for this book because I'm going to rip off a bunch of it. So don't put this on the internet and say it's from me. Uh, okay, so really good here is acting as if the Bible has nothing to do with me. This is something to avoid, and some of you are scientific, right? And you can go to it, and you just, you just love learning. And so, you, so Bible study can be a blast, right? All of a sudden, as, as, as Hugo's sharing, you're, you're like in the court of, Art, of Artaxerxes, right? And you're, you're learning about, wow, this, uh, the, the Babylonian Empire. And like, this is fascinating stuff here, um, or you read a difficult verse and you're trying to understand what it means and you're looking at your book of Bible difficulties and you're reading through the different answers of what exactly happened in Genesis 6 with those angels. And we forget 
that God is saying something for you. To someone else originally, but for you. Right? So don't let our Bible reading be like it has nothing to do with us. Right? Because it is ultimately written to bring you to Jesus Christ, to exalt God, to help your relationship with him that day. So so it is not, the Bible is not a textbook launched into the void or a riddle book or a puzzle book or a history book that you can just go and learn something. So, So don't act as if the Bible has nothing to do with you. Don't just let it be a cerebral activity and not about heart change. But at the same time, don't make the Bible all about you. Okay, um, and, and, and we're kind of already working through this because of uh, thinking about context, right? Um, we want to be careful of just kind of jumping ahead and saying, well, the Bible is written for God's people, and I'm God's people, so this book is written for me. What am I going to get out of it? That's not bad. I think you could quote me, and I could say the same thing again, and it would be good, <laughs> right? But, 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 but we can... Uh, Take shortcuts and leave out reading it and understanding it and uh, trying to get the most out of it. We, 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 we can ignore the context or ignore that question of what did the author mean to the original audience. So here's some, some kind of dangers uh, to, to be careful of about making the Bible all about me. So be careful of God says that to them, so he's saying it to me. And you're like, but that sounds good. And that kind of is good, right? But there's also a danger there. So God says that to them, so he's saying it to me. Classic text is, is Jeremiah 29, 11, which is a cool verse. Um, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Jeremiah 29, and we'll just look at that a little bit um, because, because we want to be careful of that God said it to them, so he's saying it to me. Okay, Jeremiah 29, verse... Okay, so um, we will just kind of... So, so and it's nice, your, 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 your little Bible editors have put a little uh, uh, title at the beginning of that paragraph, Jeremiah's letter to the exiles. Where did this fit into the historical context? It must be during the time of the exiles. And verse 10... Um, it kind of catches up to speed pretty quickly, Je- Jeremiah twenty nine ten. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you. So he's talking about to the exiles. I will visit you. I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. So this is talking to the exiles that they're going to be brought back to Israel. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. And I've got some questions as, as, as I read that. As Pastor Joshua has been talking about the exile, they've returned. Boy, but did all that happen? Did they return with these repentant hearts? 
And I even have a question right there. My gut impulse is that we're still waiting on the fulfillment of that because that does not seem to be the fullness that we saw Israel come back. Israel comes back and they see the foundation of that temple and they're weeping because it's so pitiful compared to what they previously had. And we see them then be hard-hearted and then reject, re- reject their Messiah. It doesn't seem like... So we see Jeremiah kind of launching from an immediate fulfillment of this promise to a long-term fulfillment. But this verse in the middle of this, it's still good. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And yet you're going to come back from exile and not really be changed, but someday I'm going to change you. So what is that future and a hope ultimately? Ultimately, Jesus Christ, right? So as we read this, this is a little bit better than the promise we sometimes make out of it, right? It's way better, right? Because you in your life might, might, I mean, you can in a sense cling to that promise, but cling to the bigger promise, right? We do have a few, and we've been engrafted into that future and hope. We're Gentiles, most of us. We don't even deserve being there. Right? And I have this great hope to look forward to that I get to participate in as the church. Wow. So a cool verse becomes, I think, a better verse. Um, so, that's, so God said it to them, so he's saying it to me. Well, we're going to get timeless truth out of that. We're going to follow that to Christ. He is saying it for you, but it's, it's, it's better. Any questions about that? Okay. Let's look at uh, um, the uh, next danger. This happened then, so it's going to happen now. This happened then, so it's going to happen now. Now, this is funny in, in, in God's providence because this is, I think, a little bit of what uh, this, this morning's message is, is going to be about um, because Pastor Josh is going to talk, talk about healing. And I'm not spoiling that. He tells you already in his weekly brief what he's going to tell you about. So if you read that, you already know. And if I saw you surprised, I know you didn't read it. Okay. Um, um, <laughs> so, like, for example, raising the dead. Because it happened then, does it mean it's going to happen now? No. O- often scripture records the key moments of God's unfolding plan, right? And God brings attention to that unfolding plan by letting really miraculous, awesome stuff happen. So we're like, hey, look, this is a key moment in God's unfolding plan. And so he's drawing our, our attention. So just because something happened then, um, what God is saying then is not necessarily what he will do now. Um, and, and, and those kinds of of, of of a miracles are, are a great example. And really, so, so Pastor Joshua, uh, a message will have more with that. Uh, let's uh, look at the, at the next one. These words resonate with me, so they must be what God is saying to me. Like, okay, I'm reading along, and wow, that like totally hits home. I really needed that. And a classic example, Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I'm God. You're like, I'm feeling really worried right now. There's a lot going on. I just need some serenity now with Jesus, and I'm just going to kind of sit and just let the calm kind of go, go over me. Okay? That, in a sense, that if you just take that snippet, that might resonate with you. But if we turn to Psalm 46, we'll see that the context helps us in our Bible reading. And what's so cool about this is that any of you reading through it would get this. So... Uh, Psalm 46, verse 8. I'm almost done because I have to be. Um, come, come behold the works of the Lord. Sounds good. For he has brought desolation on the earth. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, verse 9. He makes wars cease 
to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. So here's God winning out in, in, in war, right? And he throws down all of his opponents. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So that's a cool verse. I know we're only reading the second half of that psalm, but it is exciting. We see God's universal victory. And in this, this be still and know that I am God in that context here, is that stopping from worrying? Or is it throw down your arms? Like stop fighting against me. Submit to me. I'm God. I'm going to be exalted among the nations. I win. And I would say humanity loses. But it, humanity really gets the great blessing of getting to be his worshipers as God brings nations to worship him. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our for fortress. If you're on God's side, that becomes even richer. Right? If you're his enemy, though, lay down your arms and run to him. Be still and know that he is God because he's going to have victory. Uh, now, maybe you've always enjoyed that verse about knowing that God is God. And you, you've, I'm sure, applied that in many, many sweet ways. But when you see it on your wall, you know, it's like, I'm going to submit to God because he wins. Um, so those are just kind of a couple uh, uh, things to be careful of, to be, be careful of making the Bible all about you. God said it to them, so he's saying it to me in like, like, like a one-to-one -one correlation. No, the truth is for you. This happened to me, so this happened then, so it's going to happen to, to me. These words resonate with me, so they must be what God is, is, is saying to me. Um, I think so much of, of the context of the flow of the passage is going to help you with that. If you look and say, what is this psalm about? What is this paragraph about? I think a lot of, of those, and, and, and I'll call them mistakes, but those, but those misfocuses can, 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 can uh, be adjusted. We'll try to look at more of these principles next time at the bottom of your sheet because we, we, won't, we won't meet for two weeks. I'm going to keep giving that encouragement to plan ahead for the next day's Bible time. So plan ahead because you're going to, if you start in the morning and say, when am I doing my Bible time tomorrow? Okay, if you don't already have a plan, you're going to, you're, you'll do things differently that day. Okay, and then an encouragement to, to keep working through Psalm 119. Um, next time, I'm going to put you into circles so you can all share one verse that you liked. Okay, Psalm 119. And, 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 and we won't even have to change the chairs. You'll just turn around and say, I like this verse. Okay, there's, the, the, there's four sections there. Uh, re, re, read a chapter nine of, of, of the book and uh, be in God's word. And please use me, use Pastor Joshua, use Clifton, use, use, use one another. Do some one-on-one -on -one Bible reading. Okay, let's pray. Now, Father, I thank you for... Uh, your word, and Lord, we want to be good Bible readers. Um, we want to be good listeners to you. We want to go to your word expectantly, Lord. We want to share it with one another. Uh, Lord, I pray, Father, that, uh, Lord, your, your word's huge. There, it's totally possible that in a room this size, and we, we could have people in 40 or 50 different books all going on at the same time. We would have so much to share with one another on any Sunday morning.
And Lord, I pray, Father, that we would be, be, be avid readers of your word, uh, not just to plow through chapters, but because we want to hear from you, Lord, because we love you and we want to see you glorified in the face of your Son. Uh, Father, help us to be good helpers of one another. And uh, please, Lord, we uh, pray now for this time. Help us to minister uh, to, to one another, to make the most out of this, this, next, this next half hour as we seek to be an, an encouragement to one another and care for our kids. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, all.